If you have your Bibles with you this morning, open with me to Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs chapter 6. We'll be looking at verses 16 through 19 this morning. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 through 19. And if you do not have a Bible, then you can grab one of the pew Bibles there and turn to page 498 in a pew Bible. It's page 498 in the pew Bible. And if you do not have a Bible of your own, then we do invite you to take that pew Bible with you. And that's our gift to you. We want everybody to have a copy of God's Word. So please take that, read it, and use it for your benefit. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 through 19 now, the tongue is a powerful instrument. The tongue is a powerful instrument. In fact, Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. The tongue can be a powerful instrument of blessing. As we just heard from Garrison, Garrison used his tongue as a powerful instrument of blessing as he reminded us, our need to run to the Father again and again and again. So the tongue is a power, can be a powerful instrument of blessing, but it can also be a powerful instrument of destruction. That is, it can destroy, it can be a world of trouble to us and for us. James 3, 5 through 6 says, So also the tongue is a small member, Yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. I can remember as back before I surrendered to the ministry, being a volunteer fireman back in Warren. One year we had this terrible wildfire there in Bradley County and had to go out and, and fight that fire. And it, that, that fire caused thousands of acres of timber. It just burned across thousands of acres of, of timber. It destroyed several houses that were in its path. And as the, we got the fire under control and, and put the fire out, the investigators began to, to look and discovered that, uh, figured out that that fire was started by one little ember from a cigarette that was tossed out of a window. One small ember caused so much destruction. And that's what Scripture tells us about the tongue. The tongue is such a small thing, yet it can destroy careers. It can destroy lives, ruin people's reputations. It can bring down nations. How many nations have been destroyed by one tongue saying the wrong things? The tongue is a powerful instrument, and we need to learn a valuable biblical lesson this morning. Oh, be careful, little tongue, what you say. Be careful, little tongue, what you say. We need to learn to control our tongues. And the book of Proverbs teaches that a lot. It, it covers a lot. When you start reading through the Proverbs, you, you start to see a lot of Proverbs about the tongue, the evils of an evil tongue, 
and how to control your tongue and use your tongue for righteousness. And so that's what we want to see today. We want to learn how to control our tongues. And so in today's message, we're going to see three things about the tongue. First, we're going to look at the character of an evil tongue. The character of an evil tongue. Then we're going to see the consequences of an evil tongue. And then third, we're going to see three ways to control your tongue. So the character of an evil tongue, the consequences of an evil tongue, and then three ways to control your tongue. So now if you found your place there in Proverbs chapter 6, please stand with me in reverence to the reading of God's holy word. Proverbs chapter 6, starting in verse 16, there are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among brothers. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your holy, inspired, and inerrant word. Lord, we pray that at this time, Lord, that you would give me the words to speak, Lord. Help me to preach your word clearly. Help me to apply it to our lives, O Lord, that it may have an impact on us. And Lord, open our hearts to hear. Give our hearts the ability to obey Give us the will to obey your very word. Lord, help us to control our tongues and give you all glory and praise. This I pray in Christ's name. Amen. And you may be seated. Now, as we look at this verse here in Proverbs 6, 16 and, and 19 through 19, the uh, Solomon here, he, he labels six things that the Lord hates. Six things, or seven, excuse me, seven total things that the Lord hates and are just an ab- abomination to, to the Lord. And, and as you read this list, there's seven things here, and we're not going to cover all seven things, of course, but three of the seven have to do with the tongue. So seven things that the Lord hates, seven things that are an abomination to the Lord, and three of the seven have to do with the tongue. So, so let's just look at that real quick here. First, he, he lists these things, and, and notice how he uses the body as imagery, and he starts at the head and works his way down. First off, he says haughty eyes. Now that's, that's pride. That's pride and arrogance. The Lord hates the pride of the heart of pride the prideful eyes then second it's a lying tongue a lying tongue a deceitful tongue then hands that shed innocent blood murderous hands and of course jesus he expands that it's not just the the actual act of murder but even having anger in your heart towards someone is just the same as murder it's that desire to end a life or even to, to uh, bring 
to to be uh, rude towards life, to 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 put down life, to oppress life. So hands that shed innocent blood, the heart that devises wicked plans, the feet that make haste to run to evil. Then look here, a false witness who breathes out lies and one who sows discord among brothers. The one who sows discord, how do you sow discord? With your tongue primarily by saying things to to keep the, the mess stirred, right? The pot stirred. And so three things here that that the Lord hates have to do with the tongue. And so as we think about that, then let's consider the character of an evil tongue. So what does an evil tongue look like? What is a tongue that God hates? What is a tongue that is abominable to the Lord? What does that look like? What are the characteristics that define such a tongue? Now, Proverbs identifies many characteristics of an evil tongue. As I was working through there and listing characteristics of an evil tongue throughout Proverbs, uh, uh, there were a lot of characteristics, in it, and I don't know if we would, I could spend all morning on just the, the characters of an evil tongue if you just took one by one through Proverbs. But as I began to look at it, there are generally three categories of an evil tongue that we see in the book of Proverbs. And so let's consider three of these categories. So three characteristics that define the overall categories of an evil tongue. First, an evil tongue is a deceptive tongue. An evil tongue is a, a deceptive tongue. And we see this here in our text. There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are abomination, haughty eyes, and a lying tongue, right? A lying tongue, a, a tongue that lies. And then down at the bottom there, a false witness who breathes out lies. A deceitful tongue. And so we see the deceptive tongue is an abomination to the Lord. This is a tongue that lies. Tells stories. Right? Even little white lies, we, we, we kind of try to get, up, get out of, with that kind of thing, right? It's just a little lie. It's just a little, you know, it's, it's a half-truth, a little lie. It, it doesn't hurt anybody. But the Lord says that's an abomination to him. And, and here's where we get in trouble when we, when we start trying to classify our lies and say, oh, it's just a little white lie, it doesn't hurt anybody. Well, that little lie... It always ends in another lie, and another lie, and another lie, and a bigger lie to cover up that little lie that you thought would hurt no one. See, that's the way it works. Oh, I'll, just, I'll just tell this little lie, and nobody will know, and it, it'll be all right, nobody's going to get hurt. But then you end up saying more and more and more to cover up that little lie. There's no such thing as a little lie. Lying is an abomination to the Lord. The Lord our God, He is a God of truth. Not a falsehood. And so a tongue that speaks falsehood, that speaks lies, is abomination to the Lord. It's a lying tongue and a deceitful tongue. That is a, a tongue that, that speaks trickery. A scammer who uses his words to trick people into doing things for his own benefit. Proverbs 21.6 the getting of treasures by a lying tongue 
is a fleeting vapor and a snare of death. A deceptive tongue is an abomination unto the Lord. So an evil tongue is a deceptive tongue, but it's also a slanderous tongue. A slanderous tongue. What are we talking about a slanderous tongue? A, a slanderous tongue is, is one who, who, who uh, defames someone else, speaks ill of other people, runs people down. You, you hear people, they, they, they run people down, talk bad about people. We see this on the news all the time, don't we? I mean, there's slander everywhere. People are, are constantly slandering other people, running them down, running their names through the mud. That's a slanderous tongue. Uh, when we talk about a slanderous tongue, we also talk, we're also talking about a backbiting tongue, a malicious tongue that talks behind someone's back. So, so this is someone who, who doesn't run a person down to their face, but hey, they, they go around their back, hey. You see him? You know what kind of person he is? Let me tell you what a kind of person he is. And just run that person down behind their back. That's a backbiting tongue. In Proverbs 25, 23 says, The north wind brings forth rain, and backbiting tongue, angry looks. No one likes someone who runs around behind other people's backs and runs them down. That is a backbiting tongue and a, a slanderous tongue, and it's an abomination to the Lord. Furthermore, it's a gossiping tongue. A gossiping tongue. Uh-oh. A gossiping tongue. That, that's those who, who, who spread rumors, Right? They're rumors. They're, they're not confirmed truths. You don't know if it's true or not. But, hey, you know what I heard? Yeah, you know, what's her name? She did this and that and the other thing. That's what I heard. Right? You don't know if it's true or not, but, but you don't mind joining in the rumor mill and keeping that rumor going. That's a gossiping tongue. And you're slandering someone with information you don't know is true or not. You weren't there. You didn't witness it. And even if you did, that gives you no right to run down another person's character just so you can be in the know. Oh, how many of us are guilty of gossip, slandering people for nothing more than wanting to, to people to know that you're in the know, right? <laughs> I know things. Let me show you what I know. Running people down slandering them behind their back keeping the gossip mill rolling and rolling and rolling let me tell you what you do to a gossiper when someone says hey you know what i heard you say i don't know and i don't care and you walk away that's what we need to do that's the way we should respond to those who want to gossip instead of joining in the gossip shut it down I don't care what you know. I don't want to hear what you have to say about someone else. And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you should keep your mouth shut. A gossiping tongue is an abomination to the Lord. And dear Christians, we better be careful. How often do I hear Christians 
gossiping, spreading rumors and lies about people, slandering people. So an evil tongue is a deceptive tongue. It's a slanderous tongue, but it's also a flattering tongue. A flattering tongue. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, giving somebody a compliment. That's not, a, that's not what we're talking about as a flattering tongue. You encourage people. You, you compliment people. That's a nice thing to do. But flattery is excessive and, and sincere praise given especially to further one's own interest. Flattering people so that, that you can get something out of them. You're not really trying to, to compliment them. You're just saying something to get something out of them. Proverbs 26, 28 says, A lying tongue hates its victim, and a flattering mouth works ruin. A flattering mouth works ruin. Here's a wonderful example of a flattering tongue. Matthew, Matthew chapter 20, uh, let me see, Matthew chapter 22, verse 15. The Pharisees and the Herodians, they, they practice a flattering tongue. Matthew 22, verse 15. Then the Pharisees when, uh, went and plotted how to entangle Jesus in his words. And they sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians, saying, Oh, teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God truthfully, and you do not care about anyone's opinion, for you, not, you are not swayed by appearances. Tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why put me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin. And he goes on, you know, pay unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's and unto God the things that are God. You see, the, these guys, they came to Jesus. Oh, Jesus, man, you're a teacher of the truth. <laughs> You teach things that are true. They, they were flattering him to try to catch him in, in a mistake. Uh, they wanted to put this thing out there that was a, 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 contra, a, a, a conflict in, in their own society. Something that people like to argue in their own society. And, and they wanted to bring harm to Jesus' reputation. They were using flattery to do it. And that's what flattery is. It, it's, it's speaking uh, you, you flatter someone, you, you give them a compliment, maybe it's a, a kind of a backwards jab or whatever. It, it's not, you, you're not really giving them, it's not sincere, it's not a sincere compliment, but you're complimenting them. So maybe you can draw them into a trap or that you can get something out of them. The Bible calls that flattery and God says it's an abomination to me. Yeah, we should compliment people, but let's be sincere about it. Let's encourage people, absolutely. But when you're only doing it in the end to hurt the other person, it's sin against the holy God. God says, I hate that. I hate the flattering tongue. It's an abomination to me. You know, Satan is known as the deceiver, the father of lies, the slanderer, 
and the tempter, and how does he tempt so often, but by flattering people. Oh, Adam and Eve, you're not going to die. Y'all are smart enough to know this. I mean, look at y'all. Y'all are good and strong. Y'all can be like God, right? How Satan uses flattery to tempt people to draw them into sin. Can't we see how the evil tongue is an abomination unto the Lord? So an evil tongue it is a deceptive tongue, a slanderous tongue, and a flattering tongue. You know, I wonder, have you ever been guilty of telling a lie? Even a little bitty white lie? Have you ever been guilty of slandering someone by spreading a little gossip in the rumor mill? Have you ever flattered someone to get something out of them? To lure them into a trap? Surely all of us are guilty of an evil, evil tongue in one way, shape, form, or fashion. For each of us were born with an evil tongue. Now that we've seen the characteristics of an evil tongue, we need to understand the consequences of an evil tongue. The consequences of an evil tongue. Here in our passage, you notice there it says six things the Lord hates, seven are an abomination to Him. Let's just think about those words for a minute. What does it mean that the Lord hates? hates something or or what does an, uh, what does an abomination mean what does that mean well hate is not too hard for us it's a a, a dislike intensely uh, intensely disliking something or someone to feel antipathy that is opposition or aversion towards something or someone so so when god hates something he is in complete opposition to it he hates it in fact, Scripture talks about God's hate as His wrath being built up against sin. And one day, God's wrath, His hatred towards sin, is going to be poured out upon the sinners. To be an abomination means that that's something that is absolutely abhorrent and disgusting to God. In most of the Old Testament, it refers to something that is incompatible with the, the nature of God. Something that is completely incompatible to God. And so from this, we, we see some of the consequences of an evil tongue. First of all, first consequence of an evil tongue is divine opposition. It's divine opposition. God hates it. God's in absolute opposition of it. And so if you speak evil, if you have an evil tongue, God is, he is in opposition to you. He is set in opposition to you. Proverbs 3.34, towards the scorners, he is scornful. 
towards the scorners. God is scornful. He is in opposition to those who scorn. And we can say that about evil tongue altogether. For those who have an evil tongue, God is in opposition. He is in opposition. He cannot stand for that. He cannot stand for that. It also means divine separation. Divine separation. An evil tongue is incompatible with the the nature of God. God cannot be in the presence of evil in general. He can't be in the presence of sin. And so if you're living in sin, if you're displaying an evil tongue, then God can't be in your presence. He can't be with you. He is in opposition to you and He is separating Himself from you. You think about that, you think about someone even that you may love. Someone that you you love dearly, but they're living a life, a sinful life. They're doing things that you can't be a part of. What do you have to do to separate yourself from them? Think about a prodigal child who's living in open, unrepentant sin. What do you do? You love that child. You love them dearly, but there comes a time that you've got to say, I can't be around that anymore. And until you, you, you get through with that, until you get out of that way of living, you can't be around me and I can't be around you. And so it is with even God's children. When you're living in open, unrepentant sin, even as a child of God, God will pull back from you. You will not have His presence around you like you would normally do when you're living in obedience to His will. God separates Himself from sin and He separates Himself from one who has an evil tongue. There's divine opposition. There's divine separation. And and third, there's divine punishment. There's divine punishment. Go back some verses there. Um, Proverbs chapter 6 starting in verse 12 look what it says there a ruthless person a wicked man goes about with crooked speech right an evil tongue winks with his eyes signals with his feet points with his finger with perverted heart devises evil continually sowing discord therefore calamity will come upon him suddenly In a moment, he will be broken beyond healing. Solomon there is talking about the the judgment of God that's going to befall those who are are living in evil, who are living in sin, having even an evil tongue. The judgment of God will befall them. Proverbs 12, chapter, uh, chapter 12, verse 13, an evil man is ensnared by the transgressions of his lips, but the righteous escape from trouble. Oh, how those who who live with an evil tongue, who are unrepentant, and speak lies, and slander, and evil, who never repent, Their ultimate end is the destruction of God. Dear friend, there is coming a day. There is coming a day 
that those who are outside of Christ, who speak, speak all kinds of blasphemies against God, who slander people, who lie, who do all of these abominable things, they will stand before God and God will pour out His wrath against them. They will stand before Jesus and Jesus will say, Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. And He will cast them into hell. And for all of eternity, they will suffer the outpouring of God's righteous anger for their sins. Dear friend, if you don't repent, if you are here today or are watching today and you don't repent of your sin, that is your end. God will judge your sin. He will judge your evil tongue along with all of the rest of the evil of your life and He will pour out for all of eternity His righteous anger over your sin. An evil tongue will bring God's judgment now what about for christians what about those christians you're slipping into sin you're not in open unrepentant sin but you're slipping into sin and, and you start to to gossip you start you that that's your thing and and so you, you start in on the rumor mill what's what's that to you what does it mean that God separates Himself from you? What does it mean that God judges you? That means what we've talked about here before. God's discipline. Oh dear Christian, make no mistake about it. God will judge you here and now in this life for your sin. If you live in open, unrepentant sin against God as a professing Christian, God will judge you. Even if you're a child of God. No, that doesn't mean eternal judgment. Praise God. Jesus took the eternal judgment due us. But if you don't change your way, if you don't turn away from your sin and turn away from that evil tongue, God will bring down discipline on your life. Scripture tells us plainly God's desire for His people, God's desire for you, dear Christian, is that you would be like Jesus. And He will whoop the tar out of you to get you like Jesus. He will do what is necessary in your life to turn you away from sin and turn you into a man, a woman, like Jesus. We all make mistakes. I, we all get that. We understand that. We, we have our slip-ups. But when we begin to let those slip-ups get more regular and the gossiping becomes more a part of our lives and the lies become more a part of our lives and those things become more a part of our lives God will not allow you to stay on that path. If He does, then you better question, do I know Jesus? Because a sure 
one of the, the grand assurances that we have is that God will discipline us. If, you've, you're not feel, if you're living in sin and you're not feeling God's discipline, you better ask that question. Do I trust in Jesus? Have I surrendered my life to Jesus? The consequences of an evil tongue are divine opposition, divine separation, and divine judgment, divine punishment. So we've seen the character of, it, character of an evil tongue and the consequences of an evil tongue. Therefore, control your tongue. Control your tongue. And let's look at three ways that we can control our tongues. First of all, if you want to control your tongue, sanctify your tongue. Sanctify your tongue. Proverbs 11, verse 9. With his mouth, the godless man would destroy his neighbor, but by knowledge, the righteous are delivered. By knowledge, the righteous are delivered. And here we have to go back again, and we've been doing this quite often, haven't we? We've got to go back again to Proverbs 1-7. Because the, Proverbs 1-7, that's the foundation of the book of Proverbs. And Proverbs 1-7 says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So get that. By knowledge, the righteous are delivered. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Now, remember what we talked about when we talked about the fear of the Lord. It's being in a relationship, a right relationship with God. It's respecting God and revering God as sovereign Lord over your life. To live in the fear of the Lord is to surrender to God. And the way we surrender to God is by trusting in Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is the Christ, the King of God's kingdom. And we surrender to Jesus. We trust in Christ that He died on the cross, absorbing the wrath, God's anger over our sin. We trust that Jesus paid the penalty for our sins. And that He was raised again, assuring us of our eternal salvation in Him. And we surrender to Him. So many people miss that, right? Believe in Jesus and you shall be saved. But there's something left out there. Believe in Jesus and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Don't miss that. Salvation is not about just say, oh yeah, I believe in Jesus. For James says even the demons believe and tremble, but they're going to hell. It's not belief. It's not the, the knowledge, the head knowledge that Jesus is Christ. It's not the head knowledge that Jesus died on the cross for your sin. It's doing something. It's taking that knowledge and surrendering to Christ. He is King. And I surrender to Him as Lord of my life. Have you surrendered to Jesus as Lord? Have you trusted in Him? Are you submitting to His Lordship over your life? 
That's what true knowledge is. Knowing Jesus. Surrendering to Him. And He will save you. Sanctify your tongue by trusting in Jesus. And also, like we said last week, talking about anger, walking in the Spirit. Because we know that when we trust in Jesus, when we surrender to His Lordship over our lives, He gives us a wonderful gift. He gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit moves in. And the Holy Spirit begins to make us holy, to sanctify us, to make us holy. Working from the inside out, right? He's on the inside working holiness out of us. We just have to submit to Jesus and submit to the work of the Holy Spirit and, and let Him do His thing. Walk in the Spirit. Surrender to the Spirit. Sanctify your tongue. Sanctify your tongue. Second, educate your tongue. Educate your tongue. Educate your tongue in the truth of God's Word so that you can speak the truth in love. Proverbs chapter 10, verses 31 through 32, the mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom, but the perverse tongue will be cut off. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable. But the mouth of the wicked, what is perverse? The righteous tongue, the righteous mouth knows wisdom. It knows what's acceptable. That is, it knows the wisdom of God. It knows what's acceptable unto the Lord. You see, the righteous tongue knows God's Word. It knows God's Word. And that's what we need to do. If we want to control the tongue, we want to control what comes out of this mouth here. If we don't want to speak lies, then we need to fill our tongue, our mouth with truth. God's Word is truth. God's Word is truth. We need to study God's Word. We need to to devote ourselves to God's Word. So that we might control our tongue. So sanctify your tongue, educate your tongue, and third, and boy, this is a biggie. All of us need to learn this one. Restrain your tongue. Restrain your tongue. I think that's the single most (laughs) advice in Scripture on the tongue is like, restrain it. Keep your mouth shut, right? Don't be so quick to speak. Restrain your tongue. Proverbs 10, 19. When words are many, transgression is not lacking. But whoever restrains his lips is prudent or wise. Proverbs 15, 28. The heart of the righteous ponders how to answer but the mouth of the wicked pours out e- evil things the righteous the heart of righteousness ponders right it, it thinks think before you speak think before you speak and one thing to think is what would god have me to say not just to think to come up with a smarty answer right 
but think, what would God have me to say? How would God have me to answer in this moment? Proverbs 17, 28, even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. People think you're a whole lot smarter when you just keep your mouth shut. There's an English proverb. It's better to be thought a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. Restrain your tongue. Hold your tongue. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. We need to learn to control our tongues. We need to learn to control our tongues. And we control our tongues by first sanctifying our tongue, surrendering our tongue to Jesus, surrendering our tongue to the guidance of the Holy Spirit in our lives, educating our tongue in the Word of God, and restraining our tongue, not being so quick to speak. Oh, be careful, little tongue, what you say. As we started at the beginning of the message, Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death for those who follow the way of the evil tongue. Never repent. Never surrender to Christ. But life, life for those who sanctify the tongue and confess Jesus and surrender to Christ as Lord over their lives. Dear friend, let me ask you this. Will you choose life today? Will you choose life? The tongue is an, can be an instrument of great evil spewing out hatred and lies and deceit and all of these things, but the tongue can be a wonderful instrument of blessing. 1st of all when we start by confessing Jesus Christ as Lord of our lives oh what a great blessing have you surrendered your life to Jesus have you trusted in him if not surrender to him today oh Heavenly Father Lord if we're honest with ourselves we all spoken evil sometime in our lives we've had those moments where we told a lie that we thought was no big deal we've spoken lies we've spoken slander we we've done all of these terrible things oh lord and lord we are so thankful that we have hope to escape the punishment for our sin in Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying for my evil tongue. And Lord, we just pray that you would sanctify our tongues today. Oh, Lord, let us not praise you with our tongue today and walk out this afternoon 
and talk evil of those who are created in Your image and likeness. But Lord, sanctify our tongues so that we may honor You and glorify You every day of our lives. Now Lord, if there are those today who've never trusted in Jesus, Lord, I pray that You would move their tongue today. That You would open their hearts and let them believe in Jesus. And Lord, give their tongue the ability to confess Christ as Lord and surrender to Him today. This I pray in Christ's name. Amen.